From the Diocese of Gallup, welcome to Crozier Cast. I'm Suzanne Hammonds, Director of Communications, and as always with me is your host, Bishop James Wall. Bishop Wall, how are you this morning? I'm doing, doing great, Suzanne. How are you doing? Good, especially now that I have seen the latest uh, Marvel movie, Avengers Infinity War, which is our topic for today. And far from being just a regular, you know, another summer blockbuster superhero movie, there is actually, um, you know, you and I believe, but some, uh, quite a bit of depth to it. So why don't we talk about your sort of thesis regarding this movie? And obviously, before we go into it, um, spoilers. So if yeah, you haven't seen have... it, turn it, this podcast off now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, even we were having a little get-together a couple weeks ago, and we had to uh, be very careful sitting at the table because I think two or three people saw it. And uh, the rest, about maybe six or seven, were just kept screaming, I haven't seen it, I haven't seen it. And so I, being one of the people that saw it, um, well, I had to say, well, this doesn't do, have to do with the movie, this doesn't have to do with the movie, which is kind of funny because I can't stand it when people do that to me. But, yeah, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie and you want to see the movie, turn this one off. And uh, you can pick it up at a later date, see what you think. So um, why don't we jump right into it. Do you want to first just give us a quick overview of um, what happened? Maybe if somebody saw it already, what's, what's a quick recap for the, the plot? Well, this one's been set up for quite some time. It's been set up through the Avengers, but I guess primarily it was been, it's been set up through the, uh, the first of the, the Guardians of the Galaxy. And uh, because the villain in this one is Thanos. Yeah. And he's a bad guy, really, really bad guy. And he's kind of the one that sets everything in motion in the uh, first, the first of, the, um, of the, the Guardians of the Galaxy, but he doesn't do anything himself. He kind of sends his, his minions out in order to, to do his work. But uh, one of the people that's connected with him is Gamora. Um, Gamora's the green character in the kind of the fighting machine in in both of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and Gamora um, is his daughter. Well, essentially it's his adopted daughter because he comes in and does what he does and wipes out portions of populations. Um, actually, his, his mother, her mother ends up dying and he just, he takes her and he turns her into this fighting machine. Yeah. But the neat thing about Gamora is she always has this goodness in her and uh, eventually she breaks from her dad and she joins the guardian of, of the galaxy. Yeah, and so his purpose, well actually it's been the purpose throughout, the, even since the very first movie they've been setting it up, but we find out his overall purpose is to collect um, what's known as the infinity stones. And if you have, each stone by itself is super powerful, but if you have all of them, you essentially become godlike. Like with a snap of your fingers, you can enact your will over the entire universe. And so that's Thanos' ultimate end game here is to collect all of these and so, um, I mean, I, they're obviously setting it up. They couldn't do it all in one movie, so there's another one probably coming up next week, next year, which will be the second half. But um, you were talking about how, for you, the meaning behind Thanos and being able, what he does with this, you know, he succeeds and he gets all the Infinity Stones, and then what he chooses to do, for, for you, you see some real-life parallels. So do you want to explain a little bit? <laughs> I do. I, I walked out of the theater Well, I just was so clear, but I walked out of the theater and I go, Thanos is Planned Parenthood, or Thanos is uh, China and their one, one child policy, or Thanos is, is anyone who, who wants to uh, limit or destroy life. Or you, the eugenics movement. The eugenics movement, yeah, yeah. Um, Margaret Sanger. So 
uh, Thanos' Margaret Sanger, uh, Thanos' uh, Adolf Hitler, wanting to destroy a portion of the population. And, uh, and, and so that's, that's what he wants to do. He wants to just randomly go through and just destroy people, kill people. And so then in his world, uh, where he is king, where he's king of the universe, um, everybody essentially bows down to him because he's the all-powerful, makes himself God. And, and really, in, in when anyone who participates in the culture of death really makes themselves God because who is the giver and the author of all human life but God? And we're blessed that in his love for us, he allows us to cooperate in, uh, in bringing life into the world and then protecting life too. You know, you, you go back to the very beginning, um, you know, life is not something on our own, but life is something that we're called to be good stewards of. Another modern word would be like a manager. And we talked a little bit about that when we, on our Downton Abbey yeah, series, stu- which we had, like, yeah, had a lot to do. Lord Grantham was to be a good steward of everyone in the house, upper, lower, and then people in the village too. They depended upon him. And that's what's interesting to me, because in my opinion, Marvel has always had sort of weaker villains. Like, I love the first Guardians of the Galaxy, but the the villain there was a typical just power-hungry guy, not a lot of depth to him. But Thanos is interesting because he comes with a lot of depth, and he his whole spiel is that I'm actually doing good. Yes. He's not, he's not, he doesn't think of himself as the villain. In his mind, he is the hero, because look at all these planets and these places where there's, maybe there's too many people. There's, according to him, there's starvation, there's disease, the the ecosystems, maybe they're, they are doing so well, so why not, if I wipe out half, ultimately, you know, he has this thing to Gamora where he talks about, or was it Gamora? I believe it was, where he tells her, now your planet, I killed half the population, and now there are no orphans, everyone has enough to eat, everyone is happy, there's enough resources, and it's thriving. He tell, you know, this is his, his uh, what he tells her happened. And this is what we hear so much from a lot of these other groups, is they're not saying, I think a lot of pro-choice or pro-eugenics people, they don't say, oh, we're, they don't, you know, rub their hands together and say, we're the villains, we're doing this for your own good, this sure. is for you, you know. Sure, we just and we were just talking about a ridiculous article on CNN that said that uh, abortion is actually pro-life. And as we were saying, you know, sometimes if, you know, people believe if you say something uh, over and over and over, you say it enough, then people start to believe it. Maybe the person saying it starts to believe it or other people start to believe it, that, um, that, it, that it's a truth. But no matter how, you, how, how often you say something that's an intrinsic evil, it never becomes good. It's always an intrinsic evil. Yeah. And that, so to me, that was, you know, interesting and compelling. I think you told me your theory before I saw the movie, and then I went into it. And I, I probably would have put the, the two things together. Right away. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I did right away, too. I think a lot of people do. Yeah. So do you feel like it's compelling, the, the answers that they give to him in the movie, the way that they fight back, is that compelling to you? Or are any of the, the heroes in particular as an answer to Thanos? compelling to you I you know I, I think so I think one of the, the neat things is is that um, it coming together to fight against this evil and that's what Thanos is he's this evil um, he's an evil personified and um, what happens is there's there's some friction that takes place um, between two of the main leaders in the Avengers and one is uh, Captain America and then one is Iron Man and um, 
if we were, you know, they, they've kind of split and gone their own ways. They're still doing good, but they've gone their own ways. But I think one of the neat things is they, they see that they, they come together. As you have kind of a central theme in a lot of the, the, uh, the uh, superhero movies, that they realize that they're much stronger together. And um, so there's all this, this sense of uh, unity, which I think is, is pretty powerful. And um, I always think about the, the scriptural passage where we talk about there, there are different kinds of, of gifts. Uh, we talk about the body, different parts of the body, but really how they work, they work together so much better. And uh, a lone wolf thing really never does work. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of how they, they usually overcome evils when they're, they're cooperating, cooperating with each other, they're respecting one another, identifying the different gifts of one another. But, um, you know, and then, and, then, and then you have this, you've got this, just this, all of these movies coming together into one, which makes it that much more exciting yeah. for, you know, if you're a bit of a, a comic book geek like I am. And, uh, and my guess is that Suzanne is too. <laughs> and um, they all kind of come together, which, which just makes it really exciting. You know, it's, I guess it's, uh, I've never been a big fan of uh, big time wrestling, but I guess, you know, that uh, a lot of the fans love it when the, the ring gets packed with about, you know, 15 people and they're just pounding on each other and eventually somebody comes out a winner. Um, but uh, that's, that's kind of one of the things that I thought was, was pretty exciting. And you do you, right away. You get a you get a glimpse of how evil this man is because he's using Loki at the very beginning, and and Thor is there too, but he shows how powerful he is with Thor and the Hulk. Kind of you know the Hulk gets a couple shots in him, but then Thanos all of a sudden just just kind of yeah. pounds him, pounds him to the submission, which, to, which uh, is. Yeah, it was huge because in the first Avengers movie, the Hulk is like their nuclear bomb. It's, they can bring him in. Yeah, they bring him in against everything, and then so we're used to that. And then in this one, just it, right away, it's established that the Hulk can't do much against Thanos. Yeah, yeah and and I think with with a lot of the other people, a lot of the other villains, you know, they'll see villains as good and they'll ask them to come to join them, but right away he 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 uh, he obliterates, he kills Loki. Yeah, which is that's that's why. That's the strange thing about him. He thinks he's doing good, but essentially he's making himself God. Yeah. You know, he establishes in his mind what is good. Well, and I thought the there wasn't really a character that was given an opportunity to really address the philosophy of Thanos. They just kind of straight up said, you don't know, or whatever. But I liked how um, one of the key players in this movie is Vision, and not so much that he really does a lot, but that he has the in, one of the Infinity Stones. And he just says, look, if you, you can destroy it by killing me. And mm. uh, Captain America tells him, we don't trade lives. So here we have Thanos, who is fine with trading half the lives in the universe. And then we have someone like Captain America, who says even one life is precious or True. is worth something. And then, and then even with the Vision, he, he wants to give up his life. Mm -hmm. Uh, to save others, and we think scripture passage, no greater love does one have than to lay down one's life for one's friend. That's the Christ-like, you know, uh, attitude and approach. And then we see somebody like Maximilian Kolbe, I think, in our, within the last hundred years, that's somebody we think about too. So that's a very Christ-like, very Maximilian Kolbe approach to it. But then you have Captain America, who's the, the ultimate do-gooder, yeah. who's awesome. 
and uh, and uh, who's, who pl- who portrays him? Do you remember who portrays Chris him? Evans? Yeah, he yeah. does a great job, really, really good job. And I think what he does is he uh, redeems himself because he was also in uh, two of the Fantastic Four movies, which were awful. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> and I loved Fantastic Four growing up, and they just they ruined it for me. Yeah. And um, so I'm, it, you know, hope springs eternal. I keep watching them every time they come out. One of the things too, I, w- I was thinking about, um, you know, in our own country, our immigration system is broken, absolutely broken, and so we know that. Uh, a mother and a father might come up here to the United States seeking a better life, and they might not come here uh, a legal way. And, you know, they, they start to work. They're very productive citizens. They're doing really good work. In, uh, they're, they're part of good, good people, part of the community. And this is what they know is home for maybe 20, 30, 40 years, whatever the case is. And they have children. And so perhaps the father gets picked up or perhaps the mother gets picked up and perhaps he or she is deported. And so you have this, you know, the families up here, you have their children who are American citizens because they were born here, but then you have them sending their parents, maybe one or both back um, uh, to whatever country, Mexico, Guatemala, or whatever the country is. And so then you have them splitting this family. And if you look at what Thanos does, he does that too. Mm-hmm. You know, even with Gamora, what does he do? He kills the mother so she's she's without her mother, which is you know everything in her life, and um, and then he takes her and turns her into this killing machine. But if you kind of randomly knock people off, then you break families too. You break communities and break friendships, all that stuff. Yeah, and you wanted to talk a little bit too about the the rift between um, in this movie, well in the movie's universe between uh, Tony Stark and Captain America. So if you haven't seen um, Captain America Civil War, There's it's this big point in the comics to where the government wants superheroes to register their identities to, to track them and everything to, for you know insurance. And so Tony Stark leads a faction that says, yes, that's reasonable, and Captain America leads a faction that says, no, we deserve our, our privacy and, our, and everything else. Because Captain America comes from a different time. Yeah. And he, re- and he comes from the time when they were fighting you know, the, the Nazi regime. Um, where they, you know, people register, they identify them, and then they put them in, they put them in camps, and then they eradicate them, and so they've got two completely two different two different mindsets because they come from two different times, and I thought that was that was kind of interesting too, that they what ca- it causes them to come together, you know, they put aside their rifts, their their this this. Uh, this um, thing that has just divided them, right? This ideology has just completely divided them, kind of um, killed their friendship, all that stuff. And they, they put that all aside in order to come together for the common good, and, uh, which I think, think is impressive. So, you know, what you have to lay aside is your pride. Yeah. And which, what has to be operative is humility. And, um, you know, humility of, of all things is the most important virtue. I think we've heard me say over and over and over, Bernard Clairvaux was asked the three most important virtues in the spiritual life, and he said humility, humility, humility. Because without humility, we go nowhere. Without humility, we're prideful, and there's no room for God or no room for, for others. Yeah. It's all about me. Um, is there anything, as we kind of move into the end here, is there anything that you wanted, uh, anything else that stood out to you? And I know, I, I kind of hope they'll explore more of this in the next installment as well. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on, not just in this film, but so far what we've seen in the whole Marvel Universe. 
Sure. Well, I, I think maybe in this one, I, I think it's, it's pretty powerful that they understand that this guy is, if he, if he gains these stones, you know, he's going to come to this ultimate power where he rules all. And he, you know, in his mind, he, he's, he is the God. And I, so I think it's pretty powerful to see what they do, how they really sacrifice, they come together, they work hard together um, in order to protect, um, to protect these stones from coming together as one. Um, so you see like the, the stone within, with uh, the vision is good. It, it, it helps him operate, helps him do good. You see the one stone with uh, Doctor Strange, who's a great character, and uh, uh, what's the name? Cum- Cumberbatch, the guy who Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, he's yeah. awesome. He's a great actor, and uh, if you haven't seen Doctor Strange, you should see that one too. And his the stone that he has controls time, and then um, so you, you you see all these different stones. There's the Collector, because in in the very first. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy, they leave the stone with the collector. And so he knows where all these things already goes and he, he pulls them all together. So I think it's powerful to see how they really work hard to protect the common good. Yeah. I think that's, that's, a, that's a, a powerful thing to see. And, you know, like I just mentioned, you know, the Nazi regime um, deciding that they were, they, were, they were the perfect master race and they'll do anything to eradicate everybody else. And, um, and so you saw, you know, like the United States and Australia and, and, um, and England, you see them all in France, all kind of, um, maybe they had differences, but they really laid those differences aside and they come together for the common good uh, to defend themselves against this, uh, this regime that it wants to eradicate a portion of, of society, which as we've said is, you know, very much in that, that, that culture of death that we see in, in, our, in our world today. And maybe um, touch a little bit on the, that uh, champion of a little guy, that Alfie Evans, who, um, you know, the British government essentially starved to death, dehydrated to death, and uh, didn't allow his parents, they took away the parental rights, didn't allow his parents to seek good health care for, for that little guy, because they determined that his quality of life uh, really wasn't worth living, and that was really sad. Even when uh, the Italian government gave him citizenship, uh, he, the father visited with the Holy Father, and they were going to allow him to go to the um, the hospital in in Rome and to seek seek other uh, other treatments. So, in, in a sense, you know, they played the role of Thanos. The the British government did, and the, the doctors did, and they're de- they're deciding who lives, who doesn't whose quality of life is worth it and who's not. And then they, they, they took away uh, parental rights, like Thanos does with Gamora's mom. He takes away parental rights by killing her yeah. and, uh, and deciding he knows what's best for, for Gamora. Well, one other thing I was just thinking of, so another character, one of my personal favorites actually is Tony Stark, Iron Man. I just like his, his attitude and his... He's got the cool snarkiness. factor going yeah. on too. But what's interesting about him is he has, I, th- I believe it's a heart defect, and he is basically a disability, and he—it's only his own technology that's keeping him alive with his, with his heart. And so a lot of people, and, and you know, obviously we don't have a Tony Stark in real life, but a lot of people would see someone with, with a defect or with a disability like that, you know, and say, "What is that quality of life? Is that worth yeah. living?" And someone like Tony Stark, you know, overcomes that and still functions as a superhero and has a role to play even above that. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, there's a defect there, 
and he has some sort of disability. And if you notice recently in the, in the news, because more and more of our states are, are placing before us, which really is the culture of death, physician-assisted suicide, right? And, um, or the, the permission for, for someone to, uh, to commit suicide themselves, given, given the means in order to do that. And um, so if, if you notice, one of the strongest voices against that are people with disabilities. I think we've even talked about lately, um, you know, Iceland was patting themselves on the back because in their minds they've eradicated uh, Down syndrome. Well, how have they done it? They've done it through abortion. They've done it through identifying a child in the womb, creating the image and likeness of God, um, should be given the same gift as you and I, which is uh, be, be able to be born and be productive members of society. And they've, they've, uh, they've aborted and they kill them in the womb. And then they say, hey, look, look what we've done. We've created this perfect society because we don't have any people in our, in their mind, a perfect society is we don't have any people in our society that, that have Down syndrome. Yeah. Um, but if anyone's ever interacted with, I mean, it's just wrong, period. Straight across the board, that's wrong, period. But just looking at somebody with Down syndrome, um, they, they've, they've, uh, they've got the challenges and they have difficulties and struggles. But I think what they do is they help us to learn to love because they show us a beautiful act of kindness and love, and um, and they help us to they help us to, to love as well. Um, I know, and he's been pretty public about it. J.D. Flynn and and Kate Flynn, they are. Um, he's the editor in chief of the uh, Catholic News Association, and they have two awesome kids, uh, Max and Pia, uh, that have Down syndrome, and uh, I just love it every time I get a chance to see them and interact with them. The kids are awesome. But, you know, according to this mindset, according to this, this uh, the kind of the pro-abort, the pro-death, the culture of death, you know, somebody like that doesn't deserve to live, which is just a lie, flat-out lie. Yeah. Okay, well, um, we uh, hope if you have seen the second the Avengers Infinity War that you enjoyed our analysis and we're eagerly looking forward to next year with the second one. We'll probably talk. Uh, have a lot to talk about there, too. Um, in the meantime, you uh, please leave us a review or get back to us if you have any questions for Bishop Wall, anything like that. And thanks, as always, for listening. Thank you, Bishop Wall. You're welcome. Thanks, and God bless to our listeners.